Okay, welcome everyone. We've got something special today. We're so glad to get started here. Um, last week, uh, we've been in a series on the life of David, and we're going to keep that up, but today is our anniversary. We wanted to do something special, um, and also, I've been just doing pottery since 2020, and so um, I've been actually working up to build enough pieces to have a display here today all that time, so I didn't know when it was going to fall. It fell on the fifth Sunday, and here we are. Last week, we spoke about how we, God anoints us for work, and we're anointed to work, and he, and we commissioned each other. And this week, today, we're going to talk about how God works in us. And so it's a, it's a little bit of a shift. Last year, how we work this week, how God works in us. And I want to start with um, this passage from Jeremiah 18, 1 through 2. Thank you, Grace. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is in the Old Testament, a prophetic book um, to this prophet Jeremiah. And this is what God says to Jeremiah. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So in 2020, um, you all know how stressful and tough that year was. My neighbor, Kyle, who's going to be up here in just a minute, my neighbor, Kyle, opened up a pottery studio because he couldn't sell at the farmer's markets in 2020. So he opened up the studio and I would go down to the potter's house every Tuesday. And I loved it. And I'm so thankful to him because I needed to do something. Didn't we all need to go through 2020 a little differently? So I got to do pottery. I got to do art. I got to be with people. It was just such a blessing. So I am just so thankful to Kyle for opening up his studio. But what I discovered is that I would, as I would go down to the potter's house, God would speak to me and give me messages. And as I worked in the clay, as I learned the pottery process, I just learned so much about who God is. And so um, what was crazy is that about a year in or so, I learned that Kyle knew Lance Loveday and Bob Wright 20 years ago at the cafe next door, that they worked in an art studio together. And I was just like, what? That's amazing. You're kind of part of our community. You know, we just love you. I just love how God brings us back together again. So now we affectionately call, affectionately call him the potter. So can we all welcome the potter? Come on up, Kyle. So Kyle's going to preach without preaching. <laughs> He's like, I'm not, I don't have a lot to say. And I'm like, that's fine. So he'll tap me on the shoulder when he has something to say, right? Sounds good. Okay. So um, I just want to start off um, with this metaphor that God has for us. It says, Isaiah 64, 8, it's throughout scripture. You, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. So as Kyle is going to just start, throwing pots here today and doing some fun stuff. He's just going to be um, demonstrating how God works with us. And we're praying that sometimes you're listening to someone speak and it's easy to tune it out, but hopefully you're going to listen and see. We also have three other speakers who are going to share a bit today. And while they're talking, we can watch this process as well. Um, I'm so thankful. I go down to the potter's house, but today we brought the potter's house to here. We didn't bring the kiln, but apparently God brought the fire earlier. So that was good, right? So um, I want us to remember, 
from the very beginning, Genesis 1, there's, there's different types of pottery processes. And one is when you throw on a wheel, which Kyle is going to be doing. But also some of us do this thing called hand building. This is one of Ray Lynn's sample hand builds. And Amanda does a lot of hand building as well. This is when you actually shape the pottery with your hands. So Genesis 1 says, from the Lord God, or then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So we're just going to make a mess today. So I'll start with sand. Sand, well, I'm not going to make that much of a mess, but <laughs> clay comes from sand, right? It's water and just fine, fine, fine dust. And it's compressed and it's packed together and it's formed into clay and there's water and there's life. And from the beginning, the first thing in scripture, we were hand built. Adam was hand built and God breathed his life into him, right? So remember the sand, remember the dust, remember how dirty it is and messy it is. This is the beginning. We're hand built. But then there's other metaphors in scripture about throwing, like being on a wheel. So back to that Jeremiah passage. This is what Jeremiah says. It says, I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. That's what I do every Tuesday, right, Kyle? I come down and see you working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. So what we're going to see here is Kyle's going to just start shaping this clay on this wheel, and we're just going to watch as you do that. And then Amanda is also going to share a little bit while you do it. That works. <laughs> Did you hear that? Okay. Oh, it's hot. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about centering. Wait, I'm going to get my phone on here so I don't talk forever. Um, so Kyle, will you like just throw that down and make it not centered and everyone watch it spin so I don't know how well you can see but it's like spinning around the thing about centering is it's like you don't notice until you get it and you're like oh I don't see it moving anymore so Kyle just go for it so the first thing he's going to do is kind of prepare the clay um, and I'm not going to talk about that but when you're centering, you have to stay anchored. Um, if you try to follow the clay, you'll, you won't be able to center because the clay needs to conform to you. Um, so I'm gonna let you guys watch him for a second till he gets it centered. So you can still kind of see it wobbling. Sorry, I don't know if this is intimidating for you. For me to talk while you go, I would be intimidated. Takes a minute. So one of the things about um, working with clay on the wheel is that you have to um, put your hands onto the clay, like you have to ease onto it and you have to ease off of it. 
If you don't, um, then you'll throw things off center. So I'm going to have Kyle show that. Can you just show? So like he eased on, but then he's not going to push it off, like push it intentionally. Okay. But because he didn't take his hands off slowly and with gentle pressure, it gets off center. Um, whenever I've heard people talk about clay and God, they always talk about, oh, you've got to get it centered. Um, but once I started doing it myself, the thing I, I learned is that you have to keep it centered. <laughs> like once you get it centered, like yippee, you did it. But like, if you want to keep getting better and like keep making pieces, you have to maintain that centering. So, um, you can just like kind of do your thing. I don't think I have anything specific and you guys can watch Kyle. I'm going to talk about a couple more things. Um, so when you're after he gets it centered, oh, he's doing it right now. He's putting his fingers in to open it up and you have to make sure that that is centered. That was something that was hard for me at first. Um, and every time he's going to like do different things, he's got to, um, maintain that centering another thing about um, working with the clay is that if you go too fast or you use like uneven pressure you'll lose control and things will break and um yeah so I just kind of wanted to relate that to like Jesus and working with him so it's interesting because right in the metaphor we're the clay um, and Jesus is someone that we can trust. We don't have to worry about him being anchored. When I'm throwing on the wheel, I'm not always anchored. And so sometimes it like goes scattywampus, but that's not how Jesus is with us. Um, and then we can trust him to use the right amount of pressure and the right speed so that we can um, become the vessel that he wants us to be. So there you go. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. So watch how Kyle just carefully changes the shape of this vessel. And he's anchored. He's a firm foundation. So the clay conforms to his hands. So oftentimes um, when you're beginning to learn how to do pottery, you kind of follow the clay. Well, fortunately for us, God doesn't follow us. <laughs> We are conformed to God and we are shaped by his hands. And it's, and it's such a safe place to be compared to trying to make our own way in our own shaping and our own vessels. So we're going to move to, um, well, we're going to let him, let's see how, let's let you finish this one. Can you finish this one? Yeah, he can finish this. Do you want to add anything to what we're saying so far? So far, so good. So far, so good. <laughs> can't center you can't move on at all so it's like if, if you're not centered you can't move on at all nothing else is going to work did you all hear that say it again if you don't get it centered nothing else is going to work throughout the whole process it's just going to fight you all on the way so i always tell people it's not even worth moving on unless you can get it centered and or else you're going to be in for it you're going to be in for it so what would that analogy be for us? We want to be centered in Christ, abiding in Christ. John 15 speaks ab about abiding in him. We want to be dwelling in the shadow of the almighty. We, 
everything we do, we want to be in Christ because everything else from there (laughs) is going to be a mess if we don't get that part established in our lives. So the next process that we're going to show you in a bit is trimming and Leslie's going to speak about that. But before she comes up, I want to show you how he moves this vessel to the next part of the process. And this is where, um, what did Aaron say? All you need is, oh, I was going to say, all you need is a good kiss, but it's all you need is fire. (laughs) So in my, when I'm a beginner potter, so Kyle, I've actually seen him do this, is he can actually move a vessel from the wheel to the next part of the process with his own hands, just without any help. Us beginners, we have these little pot holders. We have, we have to torch. We torch the vessel. You want me to do that for you? Okay, here we go. We, <laughs> he's warming up there. We torch the vessel so that it's dry enough to be moved without caving in again. So Kyle's good at moving it. You ready to move it? Okay. He doesn't really need me to torch it. Like I have to torch my own work. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> That's such a gentle touch. You guys, I actually cannot do that. I've been doing pottery for two years now. I cannot do that. I mean, I I'm getting close. I'm getting close, but my vessels are like this big too. So there's this soft touch, this hand, this, um, that we do, but then After we put it on a board like that, we wrap it like this. We wrap it in this dark place and it sits for a week, if not longer. It just, we, you are gauging it. You're watching it. Is it dry enough? Is it wet enough? When is the proper time to trim it? So Leslie's going to speak to that part of the process. I'm glad you're excited. Um, so as you guys could see, like, I think it's interesting because when you watch somebody do this, it kind of looks like Kyle's putting a lot of effort and muscle into what he's doing. And in reality, he's not, he's not at all. Um, it definitely, when you do pottery, there's a lot of, um, different muscles you have to build up as you start to work with the clay. But it's not like you're in a gym throwing a bunch of weight, right? It's just these slight, light touches and all these little bitty muscles that you're not used to using. um, And you're not used to using them in this way. Um, So it might look like Kyle's like forcing the clay to go the way he wants it to. But in reality, it is a very, very gentle and soft touch. It does not feel like it looks, um, at least to me, from my perspective, it, when I first, I was like, oh, let's get in there. And I'm like pushing my body weight into it. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like ease up girl, like slow down. Um, so, um, it calls for a very gentle, gentle caress and touch. And then, um, there is this waiting process because as you can see, the clay that he just worked with is really wet because he had to put water on it to make it moldable and formable and shapeable. Um, which is all of these little bitty metaphors, like even the water, like God brings water to us to water us in ways that we might not recognize, right? Like 
somebody texting us, calling us, giving us life. Water is life. Um, but then it sits. So it sits on and becomes this, what they call greenware. Um, and although Kyle's work, he, you should have had one of us, you should have had me go up there and throw something because once you're here and you dry out just enough, but not too much, because if you wait too long, you can't trim your pot. Um, we didn't have one that wasn't trimmed, did we? Um, so if you, if you, I thought you're going to work, you're going to work with that, right? Okay. Um, so if you could look at this, I don't know if you guys can see the little details in this, but there's a lot of um, jagged edges on this. Um, and there's just a lot of imperfections. Um, and if you were to glaze this, it might look cool if that's what you're going for. I don't know. I guess art is in the eye of the beholder. Um, but if, if Kyle were to fire this like it is, all of these edges right here would literally cut your skin um, because it just becomes really, really hard and really, really sharp. Um, so you, you have to trim your pots. Even Kyle has to trim his pots um, just because when you take it off the wheel and put it onto um, your board and let it sit, it's just going to cause it's just going to cause little imperfections that you have to trim away. Um, I'm going to hand that back to you. If you let it sit too long, you won't be able to trim your pot. Um, in the trimming process, Kyle has this magnificent bullet there. Oh my gosh. Um, in the trimming process, he has all of these different tools. Um, some of them might look a little scary, <laughs> a little sharp, a little jagged. Um, but while he's using these tools, number one, when you put your greenware back on the wheel, you have to center it. If you don't center it there, you will ruin your pot. Um, because as you're trimming and it's not centered, it will, it will go too deep in some places, not deep enough in other places, and it will cause a lot more imperfection. Um, so you can see as he's centering, he's making sure it's not wobbly. Once he gets it centered, um, I know for me, when I was um, trimming my pots, I always had to anchor it down a little bit more with a little bit of extra clay. Um, but he'll take his tools and it might look to you like he's muscling it again, but in reality, he's not. If he were to go in with one of these tools too hard, um, Sarah has a demonstration for us. <laughs> this is one <when laughs> I This is one of Sarah's. But you can see this big hole in the bottom of her pot. <laughs> she probably put a little too much pressure in that spot with one of her tools and it broke through. Yep. That's um, not the fine touch of a master. <laughs> so you can see he just is stripping away little bit by little bit to get um, imperfections out, to get a design he wants, to get the jagged edges removed. Um, and it's it's literally just it's it's um patience you have to have a lot of patience when you're working with clay um you have to get to know your clay i know that sounds kind of weird and like oh, that's kind of weird you're going to get to know an inanimate object but you really do you have to be able to know how the clay feels in your hand when you're working with it um i really should have been watching my notes and a timer um so as like I was, we were talking about this, the um, the wrong page. Scripture that um, 
we looked up um, was Ecclesiastes um, 3.1. And it says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So I relate this to there's a time when you're on the wheel and you're being molded and formed and God has his hands in you and he's working and pulling. And then there's times where you sit and there's times where you wait and there's times where you're cure and you just ruminate and listen and be. Um, then the other scripture that um, I was looking at was Ecclesiastes 3.11. And it says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So if you were to go to one of Kyle's, um, like the farmer's market where he comes or one of his studio sells, and you were to get one of his pieces. I don't know if this is yours, Kyle. It looks like yours. Yes, it is yours. Um, you look at this and be like, man, this is an amazing coffee mug, right? Because everybody's going to drink coffee out of one of these, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Um, like you, you wouldn't look at this and think, oh, I can see him centering that mug. I can see him pulling that mug. I can see it. Like you wouldn't think about all of that process, but God does. God thinks about the process. He works with the process. Um, in our lives, which I just love the metaphor between pottery and how God works in our life. Um, and then the last thing before, um, before you go to the finishing product, which Raylan is going to talk about, um, it really is the other scripture that we were talking about was, um, first Corinthians 13, where it talks about love. The very first thing in that scripture, when it's describing what love is, it says love is patient. Ouch. <laughs> At least it hurt me. That was hard for me. And um, Sarah and I were talking about, she's like, I never realized that that is like, that's the first thing that love is. And in perfect love, it is perfect patience. And God is so patient with us. So, so, so very patient with us. Um, so to bring it into my story, for those of you that might not know, my husband and I have been building a house. Um, it has been taking what feels like an eternity. <laughs> and my patience has been extremely, extremely tried in this process. Um, and is still currently, this is my dumpster fire right now that I was talking about earlier. Part of it, part of my dumpster fire. Um, but some stuff happened this last week in regards with our builder. And um, like, it is just a dumpster fire. It is a mess. It is a hot mess express right here. Everything that could possibly go wrong, I feel like it has gone wrong. Um, and I like Lance and I were talking about, it, I'm like, I could so easily just like freak right now and just fly off the handle, justifiably so, at least in my mind. Um, and he's like, why, why aren't you? Like, why aren't you just losing it right now? And I'm like, because I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is going to rectify and restore everything that's been stolen from us and everything, like the whole thing, our time, our money, all of it. I know that is the God I serve. It just takes his perfect love. And in that I had to remind myself, I have to be patient for God's timing because if I try and push it, I'm going to break the pot. If I try and move it along in my time, which would have been three years ago, um, it wouldn't be where it is. It also reminded me that it's the process. So this process, if you are watching him um, do this, it is a beautiful process. 
But if you just come look at this, yes, this is absolutely beautiful and amazing. But the process to get it from that round ball to something like this or that vase right there or this bowl is just an absolute, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch something go from basically nothing into something that you can fill up, you can use, and you can use it to speak with other people. So sorry, I've probably taken more than my 10 minutes. <laughs> thank you. My so sister is telling you, me to Leslie. get off the stage. Thank you. So he signed. Yes, thanks, Leslie. So we have this beautiful trimmed piece that can now be used for the next phase. So there's this process, right, of being trimmed, being signed. We've got the Lord's signature on our lives. We have the we reflect the Lord's image and who He is, and so we're just um, thankful for that. So now. For the next part in our process, could we have that scripture though? The first Peter one about humbly, um, grace. We skipped one, I think, in there. Um, first Peter five six says, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time." Sometimes the trimming, sometimes the cutting, can feel humbling, but it's part of Him lifting us up and making something beautiful in its time. Okay, Raylan, your turn. Can you hear me? Okay, there it is. All right, so I'm gonna close out this process. Um, so we've learned about centering, how we need to be centered. Leslie and Amanda did great about getting our centering, getting our um, trimming, all those things that we need to do. So I'm gonna get us through the firing process, which I mean, we had a lot of talk of fire today, so easy on me. Um, you guys are going to get it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to kind of go back and forth a little bit. So after Kyle has thrown and then he has trimming, so now he's going to take this piece right here and we're going to do what we call the bisking process first. Um, it's called a bisque fire. So he's going to put this in his kiln and he's going to start it at a very slow temperature so we can start to heat it up and make it harden. And it has to get in Kyle's kiln to 1,980 degrees. That's hot. That's hot, y'all. hot. I sit next to it in class, so I know when it's hot and he's always worried because I'm a bit of a klutz and I always touch things and fall in. I think he's always concerned. But it gets really hot. But it's a slow process because if it's not slow, if you try to go too fast, it can explode and everything that you've been working on explodes in the kiln. Um, so we don't want that to happen. So it's a slow process up to that uh, 1,980 degrees. And then once it reaches that temperature, it has to cool down. Kyle said it normally takes about 12 to 16 hours to start cooling down to where we get to this point of what this is called a bisque. So no, not soup, Meg. So it's, a bisqueware right here. So what, what we're doing is getting this ready for the glazing process. And in bisque, I kind of consider like the glazing process, what I've learned in pottery is it's kind of our refinement process. It's where we're really going in there to work some stuff out. So for me, bisking is like when we're kind of getting in that fire and we're working on those things that we know we're getting ourselves prepared because right now this bisque is still porous where it can take on more 
maturity of glaze and where it can continue like to get in the fire again you have to go through the fire twice in this refinement process good times we all love the fire process okay but the idea is it's strengthening us it's getting us ready for that for that next process of maturity and then the fun part is the glazing part i think it's fun um for the glaze. So when we glaze, what you do is you can either, as you can see on a lot of these up here, you can either paint on, um, you can do under glazing, you can create designs, you can do a, what we call an under glaze, or you can also dip it. Um, so you get to be as creative as you want. What I love about the glazing process is during that, um, during that time, like you're just really being creative and you're dumping it in and you're just doing whatever. And the great thing in the glazing process is Kyle is very generous and gracious and just lets us be as creative as he wants, as we want. He's like, what do you want to do? Sure, let's try it. Let's go for it. But he also says, mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. <laughs> maybe that's not the smartest thing. And I'm going to tell you why. And he'll walk us through that process. So for me, within the glazing, it's it's when we're really working on those refinement pieces that we want to work on. Like, where is that ma um, maturity? Where is that sharpening? I always say in class, which everyone laughs about, that glazing covers a multitude of sins because I am not like Kyle and can't do it as perfect as first. But man, after you glaze it, it, it looks pretty good. You still might see a little bit of those imperfections, but it looks like so beautiful and like shiny and just lovely. And that's kind of one of my favorite parts about it. And so, yeah, as we're painting on that glaze, we're changing from where we started. Like we're really looking at like, how can I better myself? What can I do next? Um, and I think that's how God is with this too. He lets us be creative. He knows our desires, but he also is like, mm, maybe not the best choice. So maybe we shouldn't do that, <laughs> but he does. He allows us to just like really dig in with who we are of our creativity. Okay. So fun fact kids and those who we're all kids at heart. So this right here has been dipped in glaze. So it looks kind of like this right now, but you can kind of see two colors. Like there's like an opaque and like a white. So now we're going to go through. So keep that in mind. We're going to go through the glaze firing now. So after this is dried, we have to go back into that kiln. And we're not only going to go up to um, a hot fire again. Now we're going to go up to 2,280 degrees. And again, we have to go slow. And then once you get there to 2,080 degrees, you have to hold it. You have to stay there. How long do you stay there, Kyle? Depends on the glazes, anywhere from eight minutes to a half hour. Yeah. Let those glazes interact with each other. So he makes sure he holds it a minute. So what's going to happen is those colors are going to start running. All of those things are going to start combining together. And for me... I feel like that's kind of what happens as we're in that refinement process. We are painting on those glazes. We're feeling real good about ourselves. We know what we want. We know what we're, where we're working at with God. But then we have to go through that fire again to kind of get rid of those impurities and kind of create us and shape us into who we're supposed to be. 
Um, and I don't know about you all, but I feel like that holding part, like, cause you're like, Hey man, it's already hot up here. Why am I still hot? It's kind of like when you're like, Hey God, give me patience. And then he gives you many opportunities to practice patience and you're sitting there like, no, that's what I kind of <laughs> relate that to. Um, and then that's, and that fire is kind of what it goes through because in the end, after we have been through the fire, after we have really started working on refinement and working in ourselves, this right here becomes this color right here. So it's like, these are the same glazes, just so you know, we're not trying to trick you. Kyle promised. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this is one that hasn't been fired yet. And this is where we're already feeling good. We're like, Hey, I'm painting on all of these wonderful things. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm working on refinement. And then as we go through the fire and just work through ourselves and work with God, he continues to make us beautiful like this. Um, in the verse grace, if you want to put that up, the great, the verse that I thought of was, um, I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this gracious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing, maturing you until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like that's kind of why I've always loved the glazing process. It's like for me, this maturing process, like each step affects the other and we start here and we go here and then we end up here. Um, at the beginning of service, I was actually in the back with Kyle and I had this next quote, um, Grace, if you want to put it up and it says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Um, C.S. Lewis. That's why I always feel like glaze covers a multitude of sin <laughs> because I'm like, oh, that's not where I started. But man, I love that I can like really start refining myself and put paint on or glaze this or kind of make those corrections that I need so I can come out like this. And during worship, we were in the back, uh, Kyle and I, we were sitting there and Silas ran up to me and he gave me this little post-it note that says, I know you make pottery. Can you make a mug for me, please? Cause he needs a mug for tea. And he ran away and I kind of looked at Kyle and I was like, he just doesn't know that I can't make a mug. And he, Kyle's response, that was Kyle's response as a, as, as a great potter is, it's not that you can't, Raylan, it's that you haven't done it yet. And that's what this is. Like, that's what this whole process is, is just that maturing from one place to the other. So Silas, I will make you that mug. It's going to take a little bit, but I'm going to get you that mug. But that's a little bit of why I really have um, jumped in into the glazing process. And you can ask Kyle when I'm in class, we never know what it's going to be like. Sarah's very planned out with what she wants, not me. I'm like, I think I'll take a little of this and a little of that. And let's just see what happens. But I think that's the beauty of God that he lets us be that way. And he completes us. Amen. All right. Thank you, Raylan. Thank you. So there's this, our God is a refining fire. He refines us. He's gentle with us. He's firm, anchored, strong, creative, wise, knows how to shape us to be the vessels that God has called us to be. Um, but sometimes it happens that um, we're going along in life and things just are tough, dumpster fire-like, and what happens? I know. 
This happens all the time in the studio, doesn't it? And it's so heartbreaking because I work so hard to center this pot. Or I work so hard, but you're like, oh, my treasure. What happened to this treasure? It's now in all these pieces. What am I going to do with it? So there's this beautiful thing that the Japanese do called kintsugi pottery. I'm probably saying it incorrectly, and I feel bad for saying it incorrectly, but kintsugi pottery is when these broken pieces are brought back together with gold, pure gold. Could we show um, one of the pictures of that, please? So do you see that piece there? This is a piece that's been broken and an artist has painstakingly put it all together with pure gold. I think sometimes in life, we can feel broken, right? We can feel like there's no putting this back together again. But we have this God who says, you know what? I'm a refiner's fire. I'm a master artist. I'm the potter. You're the clay. I can redeem and I can make beautiful. What's interesting about Kintsugi pottery is it's actually more valuable because of all of that gold <laughs> and all of that extra time. It's actually more valuable than, um, than this vessel right here and the way it is. And so we just have this God. Now, what's interesting is Kyle told us about this pottery style in one of our classes. And I said, well, have you ever done Kintsugi pottery? And he said, everyone is asking me all the time. They bring me their broken pots and they ask me to do it. And what does Kyle say? Well, it's really tedious, so I don't do it. And also when it's done, neither one of us would like the price tag of it. Be happy. <laughs> Neither one of us would be happy because it's too tedious and the price tag. But you know what? Thank God Kyle's not God. <laughs> God is more patient. God is more generous. There is no task that would take too long, no cost that would be too much. Jesus went to the cross for the redemption of our lives. He paid the ultimate price. So there's no cost. There's no time. God wants to be at work in our lives. So with that, we would like to take a minute for everyone here to come and pick a vessel from this table and then return to your seats. Pick one piece and then return to your seat. Yeah, not the table out front, just the tables here. <laughs> Those are for Kyle's pottery sale. If you would like to pick up a piece of one of Kyle, Kyle's um, works, you can go out there and meet him afterward. And he has really nice mugs, Silas. <laughs> yeah. Just ask everyone, these are pieces that, um, Mo I've made most of them. Everybody pick one piece to return. One. Every person here can have one piece. Thank you. 
Kyle just told me he got off center with his pot. What's so cool in that, in the Jeremiah passage, the people of Israel had gone off track and he's like, come on, Israel, come back, get right, get back in my hands. Let me throw you again. Let me center you again. And so Kyle's actually demonstrating right now how a pot can be re-centered. It's so cool. Yeah. So it's at the bottom. Do you think you can recenter that, Kyle? Yeah. He's like, no problem. I can recenter this. If you didn't get a piece, please grab a spot. Yeah. Why did it? Because I didn't have even pressure as I was pulling it up. I got a little distracted. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. He didn't apply even pressure. So God sometimes has to apply pressure to us. Maybe God applies even pressure to us. I don't like that. I do not like pressure. But it's gentle. Yes. So Aaron, we're going to pass the microphone. Aaron is not a potter. He did not make any of these pots, but he's going to close us out. Not yet. <laughs> Kyle's still trying to get him in the studio. <laughs> I feel like an imposter because I just, yes, I'm amazed at artists. Um, while I don't feel like I am one, my, my mediums are different, just not clay. Um, so I'm going to close this out today. I hope everybody got one because these are gifts for you to take home, right? Sarah didn't say that, but these are gifts and these are um, an offering from uh, who all contributed pottery today. I've been working on this for the last couple of years. We've been doing the 77. <laughs> Look, we've been trying to build these pots. And, um, and then I'm so blessed because Amanda brought some from her studio. Raylin gave me some from hers and Kyle gave me some from his. So we're just, yeah, for yeah. Let's thank things. everyone. Let's thank all the, yeah. So if you didn't get a piece, there's still pieces up here. If you're online, um, please message us and we would love to make sure that you get a piece of pottery as well. But I was thinking about these pieces and I, would you all just like where you are, would you just hold up your piece? Yeah. And can you guys look around at one another? I love that there's not one single piece in here that's the same. None of them. None of these pieces are the same. They're all unique. And I love how, how unique the Lord is with each one of us. It's like these vessels represent us. They represent you and I and each one of us. And when the Lord looks at what he's done, it says in Genesis, what Sarah read earlier, it's like when he molded and sculpted humans, when he molded and sculpted Adam, he said, it's very good. And it's like the Lord's looking at each one of us and he's like, it's very good. And he's like, he's not looking at a, a stamp it out, go to Walmart, buy 500 pieces that all look the same. He's looking and he's, he's crafting each one of us. He's making each one of us and, and he's picking up the broken pieces and putting them back together. 
I was just, I, I, I would like to just lead us in a response this morning, if you would be open to this. And I want to say, I want to say this. I want us to respond this way. I am deeply loved and formed by the potter who is Jesus. Can we say that together? I'm deeply loved and formed by the potter who is Jesus. I yield to his hands. I surrender to his work and creativity. I trust him to continue to shape and mold me to work in and through me. I'm willing to be purified and glazed. Amen. I love that this is, to me, this is what the church of Jesus is meant to look like. It's meant to look like all of these different, unique, creative vessels molded and shaped by the Lord. We all go through centering and trimming. Trimming sounds like a nice word for like cutting and and grinding. It looked a little bit more like that. I couldn't believe. I I still, I'm actually, I don't believe you. That, that this will turn into this just if it goes through the fire. Is that really true? Does anybody else not believe that? I really don't. I looked at Amanda. She's like, yep. I'm like, no, that's not possible. That is not possible that all this, this is why Leslie thinks I need to take pottery. I cannot believe that you put this through the fire and it's going to look like this. <laughs> activates the, the heat activates the cobalt in the mug and um also there's copper on top which is the green but you need that heat before it's just purple in a bucket which is kind of like that but then once uh the glass former starts to form and everything it takes this crazy uh Mm. transformation what's interesting is if you open the kiln around a thousand degrees when it's coming down they don't look anything like that either it's that last little bit as it cools all right i guess i'm gonna have to believe you (laughs) it really is the fire that makes us beautiful. eh? That's amazing. Yeah. All right. I want to, I want to close this morning and I want us to think about these vessels and I want to read, read two verses. I know we've got a little long this morning. I just feel like the Lord's wanting to um, give us something that we can leave with it. That marks us moving forward. So 2 Corinthians talks about us being carriers of Jesus Christ. And I was thinking about the one thing we haven't talked about with all of these different vessels is that they hold something. They they hold something. They carry something. They're used for something. And I love that the Lord is not a user. The Lord doesn't use us. The Lord forms us and makes us and makes us beautiful. And then he fills us. So Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4. He says this, For what we preach is not ourselves, Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, 
made his light shine in our hearts. I love that, that he made his light shine in our hearts. You know, that's where the light of, of who Jesus is, is carried. It's not carried in a building. It's not carried in our songs. It's not carried in, it's carried in us. The light shines in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Let's just stay on that verse for a second. We could go back. Light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. If we want to look at the glory and the light of who God is, it's displayed in the face of Jesus. It's displayed there. That that phrase just jumped out in my in my jumped off the page at me as I was preparing for this, that that the knowledge of God's glory is displayed in the face of Christ. If we want to see the glory of God, if we want to experience the glory of God, if we want to know the glory of God, it's displayed in the face of Christ. And that light is shining in our hearts. We're carriers of the light of God. We're carriers of the light. And I love this last verse that we'll end on here. It says this, but we have this treasure, this treasure of the glory of God, this treasure of the light of God. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. I love that how, how beautiful and how patient and how intentional God is in shaping our lives. And then after, in that process of him doing that and shaping that and working in us, he then fills us up and he fills us up with his glory and with his light. And, and I don't know about you, but as, as beautiful as the Lord makes me, I'm still just me. I'm still just a jar of clay. I'm still just, I get up in the morning. I don't feel like this beautiful colored thing. If I look at myself in the morning, I'm like, I don't even want to talk to myself until I've had a cup of coffee. Like there's, there's nothing amazing about me but, but what is amazing is how much the Lord has molded and made me and made me beautiful and made me unique. And he's made me to be a carrier of his glory, a carrier of the light of God, a carrier. And that light and that glory of God is displayed in the face of Jesus. It is the face of Jesus. We are carriers of the face of Jesus. And it's not about the beauty even of our own vessels. We can have the most beautiful vessel because of the one who made the vessel. <laughs> be like, does it, I don't care whether you like my vessel or not, man, the Lord put me back together from pieces. I don't care if you like, don't like my colors or my glazes. It's like the Lord made me beautiful in his time. And our call as followers of Jesus is to both trust the potter Trust the potter and gaze on the beauty of the Lord, the face of Jesus. And then ask the Lord, let your power and your light and your glory flow out of me. Let that be what fills my vessel. Let that be what others experience. Let that be wherever I am, wherever I'm working, whatever I'm doing, I'm this vessel poured out. 
I'm this vessel that the Lord is pouring through. You're this vessel that the Lord is pouring through. I think it's a beautiful picture of who God's called his followers to be, his people to be. Vessels that are full of the glory of the Lord. Vessels that are shaped and made beautiful by him. Amen. So what I'd like to do as we end is maybe you could stand and I want us to just, we'll pray and then we'll be done. In the old ways, in the old ways of religion, in the old ways of tradition, we're not, we bring to God what we think God wants. And God's like, no, come to me like a a piece of clay and I'm going to mold you and make you into what I want to make you into. It's the reverse. It's the reverse. The Lord makes makes us beautiful as we come to him. So I just want to, let's lift up our, can we lift up our, uh, our vessels one more time? And I just want us to pray. Lord, thank you that you love us this much. We're dearly beloved. We're dearly and deeply loved by you. We're formed by you. We're fashioned by you. We're refined by you. We're made beautiful by you. And we're filled up by you. And Lord, will you just fill our cups to overflowing? Lord, we want to gaze on the beauty of Jesus's face. We want our cups to be filled up and we want to be consumed with you, Lord, our potter. The one who makes us, the one who loves us, the one who's patient with us. And Lord, we want to be poured out. We want to be poured out vessels. We want to be poured out, pouring out the glory and the beauty of the face of Jesus. We just want to be pouring that out. So Lord, each one of us, Lord, we just, you've given us a place. You've given us people. You've given us opportunities. Lord, just it's your power at work in us. You make us beautiful. Help us to pour out everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's go and pour out. Amen. Um, If you want prayer this morning, if you'd like additional prayer this morning, we're going to have a team of people over at this table. Please go and receive prayer. If you didn't get a piece of pottery or you have family who couldn't make it and you want to take a piece, um, is that okay, Sarah? We still have some pieces up front. Um, Don't take extra. Let's make sure everybody gets some, Um, but please let's take the pottery. If you're joining us online, again, email us at that email address if you need prayer or if you uh, would like a piece of pottery as well.